0: Welcome to another episode of the A-Sun Game Day Podcast. I'm Jordan Griffith, joined by William Hall and Mike DeVader, but a little different this week. We're joined on Zoom. William Hall had to make a, a, you know, big time, high (laughs) high, uh, caliber kind of moves going to Bellarmine and, you know, being a big broadcast official. So we had to do this remotely this week. So, so William, how was your trip? Uh, trip was good. Trip was good. You know, I, I love Bellarmine, love
1: Louisville. The two times I've been there in my life were both this year. So first time was a men's basketball championship. And the second time was uh, just this past couple of days this week. So enjoyed the trip. Decided to get back on for this this next episode of the podcast.
0: Well, we'll have to call you William Hall slash Al Michaels, because uh, I'm sure you were learning a lot of a lot of highbrow stuff over there on the on the broadcast side on your trip. <laughs> I, I, I do what
1: I can. I do what I can. Shout out to my boy Kevin Handel, ESPN, for for showing me a few things. I don't know as
0: much as you, Jordan, but I, I know a little bit more than I did yesterday. No, see, so don't try and turn the tables on me because now you're trying to make me look bad, and I'm not. I'm not going to do that. You're trying to make <laughs> me look like I have a big ego, and we're not. We're not doing that. This is this is the okay. game day podcast, them. All right. All right. All right. All right. Yeah. You set the rules. Let's be let's be professionals here. Okay. I think <laughs> Mike, what's great. going on?
2: Not much. Just uh, listening to you guys started off real real well, so I'm excited to get this going once again, our fourth podcast. so right.
1: you, you, You're excited you're, about that, that shirt you got on that everybody can see you wearing right now. Everybody's just watching, you can see the shirt. But for those of you that don't know, tell them what kind of shirt you got on, Mike. Well, uh, for those that
2: don't know, I'm from Kansas, so a big victory on uh, Thursday night for the Kansas City Chiefs. And obviously the people that are watching this podcast can definitely agree with me that that was a good performance, <laughs> way to get out, get out of there with a the win. Chargers are a heck of a team, and yeah. anytime time you can beat the Chargers and start 2-0, that's a great thing.
0: If you haven't been caught up, go to listen to last week's episode of uh, kind of the inside joke of watching a podcast, and that's what we do here on ASOM Game, Game Day. Everyone watches this podcast, and we have a ton of viewers from, I mean, all around the world. <laughs> I think that's a great time to start talking football. You, th- you think there, guys? Let's go. All right. Getting into our ASUN analysis, week one the ASUN went two and four. Week two flipped the script, four and two. Four wins, two losses. Two of those losses being to top ranked or formerly top ranked FCS programs or FBS programs, rather. For the wins, Austin P shut out Mississippi Valley State forty-one nothing. That that was coming off of an already impressive victory of Presbyterian sixty-three to nothing the week before una beats virginia wise 49 to 17 where the rushing attack really proved fruitful jacksonville state beat murray state 34 to 3 i'm not even sure if i saw that one coming that's a very lopsided score and jacksonville state looks really good so far and eku versus bowling green going into seven overtimes tied for the second longest overtime in college football history We'll talk about all of these and also the losses. Cincinnati beat Kennesaw State 63 to 10. Ole Miss 59 to 3 over UCA. But guys, for those wins, boy, there's a lot of lopsided scores there. It was a great week for offenses in the A Sun.
1: Oh, uh, yeah, it was. I mean, obviously we'll 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 get into someone who uh did a little bit on the offensive. Well, actually two two individuals who did quite a bit on the offensive side, but I, I will say to me um, the thing that stood out was, you know, and it was a game that I was paying close attention to. The, I mean, the seven overtimes um, wasn't lopsided, a lot of points and uh, seeing EKU battle back. I think there was the the, the one overtime position they had where they it caught the offensive pass interference penalty. They were pushed back and, you know, Parker McKinney just steps up there and just puts it where it needs to be and they get right back in the game. So I just, the, the constant, the fight for me, I, I think I was that that stood out to me a, a lot. Seeing them just keep going keep, keep at it. Well, I think the exciting thing about all
2: this, looking at the four wins that we had is as the A-Sun last week, the offenses continue to shine and we have a great brand of football with the A-Sun. So just looking at some of these games and I watched the Austin, Pe- Mississippi Valley state game. I mean, you, you had records breaking in the third quarter. I mean, 41 nothing at halftime so we got we got some teams that like to score points and I know coaches don't want to look down the road but we're lucky enough to be able to do that and conference play is going to be awesome because these offenses are going going to go right at
0: each other and got to see what those defenses are going to try to do because the brand of football that we have right now is unbelievable guys a couple of my takeaways I want to keep it on EKU right now 59-57 win over Bowling Green an FBS program that was a special game. I'm like, four overtimes, i was like, I turn it on. Five overtimes, got to keep it on. Six, seven, it just, it never ended. And William, you brought up a great point. The best play of the week, in my opinion, was that Parker McKinney throw to get them back into the end zone. They score initially on, after you get, I think, believe past three overtimes, you have to go for two-point conversions. So they had to do that. They had that offensive pass interference call, backed them up to about the fifteen. McKinney under pressure, bad platform, side-armed it down the seam, and they scored. It was unbelievable. is an unbelievable throw. And I think that sets the tone for EKU this year because we were talking about it week zero, literally week zero coming into the season. We all knew about EKU and the defense. Parker McKinney looks like he's taking another step for EKU, and that's dangerous because he was already one of the better quarterbacks in this conference.
1: Yeah, Yeah, I think they're definitely – uh, letting, letting people know that you can see that they're, they're gonna they're gonna put up points they're gonna get the ball moving and they they can do what they gotta do I mean so um that question <laughs> has been quickly answered about if that offense will be able to do what it needs to do so um yeah I that EKU is here and the fact that these, these offenses are performing
2: like they are foot, footballs a struggle sometimes because you have so much time in between games but the fact that these teams are playing so well, it really gets you excited for the next week. And I really can't wait to see what we see on Saturday.
0: And a couple of my other takeaways, guys, and I'd like to hear your thoughts on this. Austin P. Now, again, you look at the competition. I think everyone understands that. But when you beat teams 100 to 0 over two weeks, you don't allow any points. Again, and you're scoring 100 points in over two games. My goodness. That's unbelievable. It, it's not just that they're winning. They've made statements in both of those two games. I, I don't care who their competition is when you beat a team 63 zero. And then the very next week you beat a team 41 to zero. That's incredible. I mean, that's, that's hard to do at any level. Yeah. I mean, it's
1: high power and, and, you know, respect to the, the to the go they're doing what they have to do. I mean, you, you line up and you play the game, but you're, letting people know, Hey, you know, we're here and this is what we can do. We'll, we'll put it on you. We'll keep it moving. So I'm, I'm excited about them as, as much as EKU, just just with the, the the firepower that they have that they've shown.
2: Well, and there's some situations as a new team transitioning to a new league. Some, some teams might be timid in how they approach it, how they want to enter the league and maybe not mess up the order. Well, Austin Peay's coming in like a bull in a china shop and, showing people in the ASN what they're all about and making them take a look at the governors. So it's it's really an exciting time, and I'm thrilled to see what they do again because they're definitely showing that they're going to try to make a statement, not just these two weeks, but every week.
0: Guys, my last takeaway before we move on into our Players of the Week, you know I'm going to talk about UNA, right? You know I'm going to bring up North Alabama. That's my team this year. It's the team I'm investing. I'm putting all the eggs (laughs) into the basket this year. And got Derek Powell, 261 yards total, 251 net, four touchdowns, a 75-yard touchdown, averaged 12.6 yards per carry and 20 attempts against Virginia Wise. He didn't win player of the week, but any other week he would have won player of the week. He had such an outstanding game. This guy has emerged as maybe the best back in the A. Sun. He's
1: he's he's in the conversation. If he's if he's not the best back, I mean, after you putting up numbers like that, in, impressive. is probably you know not as strong of a word <laughs> as, as could be used for that because I mean, two hundred fifty one net yards is just it's crazy. So yeah, he he another an, another player who made a big statement last weekend. A lot, a lot of people
2: look at quarterbacks, but Powell definitely is making people pay attention to the running game, which kind of gone away in this day and age in all levels of sports. But, I mean, didn't even jump over a guy to win play of the week. I mean, it seems like he can do it all, and Powell's really impressed, not only all of us, but all of the teams in the conference. It's going to be tough to stop him.
0: And you took the thought right out of my head there, Mike. The hurdle of, of Powell, I believe it was two weeks ago. I, I think that might have been in, in the Presbyterian game. I can't quite remember but uh it was within one of the past two weeks and then that game against virginia wise man he is so hard to bring down that that's what probably his best quality is this year and he's got that breakaway speed you see a 75 yard touchdown that is certainly something to look forward to for una so you add that to the plethora of weapons that i have have already mentioned several times over the course of this podcast UNA has a special type of offense if they can put it all together. Okay, moving on to our players of the week. Kind of mentioned players of the week just a few minutes ago. William, who do we got this week?
1: Well, our offensive player of the week in, in, in is Mike Delillo, um, Austin P, uh, three hundred eighty-three passing yards, five passing touchdowns. Uh, that that yard total set a new A Sun record. Uh, five touchdowns and matched the conference high. I mean, this is the second week that he's had five total touchdowns. I think the week before he had four passing and one on the ground, just an amazing output record breaking performance. He's our offensive player of the week, our defensive player of the week, Chase Lasseter, Eastern Kentucky. He led the Colonel defense to season high 12 tackles in that seven overtime game and, and had six solo stops along the way with five assists and also had a tackle for loss on the road. So that was a big performance on the defense side of the ball. Both of those, Uh, got their first-time weekly honors from football here in the A-Sun. And Alan Karadzic, Jacksonville State, got his fourth uh, A-Sun Special Teams Player of the Week, the fifth all-time selection for the Gamecocks, with two-for-two on field goals, um, hit from 42 and 26 yards against Murray State, four-for-four on uh, point-after tries against the Racers, gave them 10 points in that amazing victory they had and remained undefeated on the season. And our Freshman of the Week came from Kennesaw State, Juan Deary and Silas, first career A-Sun freshman of the week, honor with his uh, career high five tackles in their battle against FBS for Cincinnati, four solo stops, one assisted tackle in the game, and one tackle for loss. So those are A-Sun football players of the week.
0: Yeah, some thoughts on that. Mike DeLillo, breaking the A-Sun record for most passing yards in a game. You look at what Austin P's been able to do offensively. They have a plethora of talent on the outside as well. Dre McCray has done what he needed to do, has showed out as one of the better wide receivers. And Chase Lasseter, I was very impressed with this young man. Watching on the press conference that they had this week, he had nothing but fish behind him. And when I say that, he had a huge swordfish on his wall when he was on the Zoom call. Bunch of different kinds of species from Orange Park, Florida. This guy plays with his jersey tucked in. He's showing his abs. He, cut, he, he cuts the shorts low. He is a man's man. He is a linebacker that you want. And Chase Lassiter starting to show himself for EKU. This defense, again, we, we've mentioned Matthew Jackson. You talk about Defensive Player of the Year. Chase Lassiter is another guy that's going to stand out this season. And uh, he's had a great start to the year. All right, guys, now that we looked at the previous week, players of the week, now let's look at week three in the A-Sun. Our games that we have coming on Saturday, all on the Saturday slate this time, Central Arkansas at Idaho State, 3 p.m. kick. Austin Peay at Alabama A&M. That will be an interesting one, 3 p.m. kick as well. Eastern Kentucky hosting Charleston Southern, 6 p.m. kick. North Alabama at Chattanooga chattanooga anywhere ranked from nine to ten in the various polls 6 p.m jacksonville state at tulsa fbs program a 7 p.m kick on that one okay guys have you pick had you pick one of these games to highlight let's start with you mike what do you got all right well the game i'm looking at is going to be the home opener for
2: eku against charleston southern uh charleston southern comes in at 0 and 2 from the big south this is the first time they've ever played on the football field and Eastern Kentucky very well could be 2-0 after they had the loss against Eastern Michigan to start the year. Tough loss, 42-34. But coming off seven overtimes, I'm really interested to see what the Colonels are going to do. Are they going to be able to bounce back? Or is that seven overtimes going to really cause them to have a letdown or a slow start against the Buccaneers? So an 0-2 team coming off seven overtimes, how are they going to handle that and really – are they going to be motivated to see their coach on the sidelines? Coach is back. He's been with the team for a little bit now, so that's really exciting. But coming off that overtime, seven overtimes, are they really going to be able to handle that situation? But being in front of that home crowd, that could really help as well. But looking at the offense for Charleston Southern, they got about 316 yards offense, six two and a half rushing a game, and that's only 109th in the country. So really that that's something that the EKU defense can handle. But their defense for the Buccaneers has given up 200 yards a game and 377 through the air, which is 113th in the nation. So, on paper, this EKU Charleston Southern matchup really favors the Colonels. And just in these first few games here to start the season, EKU averages 337 and a half yards passing through the air. So, I'll look at this game EKU, how are they going to handle being back home? coming off that seven overtime victory. And that's that's where my eyes are focused on. And they take on Big South Charleston Seven for the first time
0: ever. And I love a lot of the points you made there, Mike, because a lot of them are, how do I say, a little unorthodox. Like, it's not exactly the stats that stand out, but the human aspect of it, which is, hey, you know, we have seven overtimes in the last game. And there was a lot of that feeling once that game was over of – Thank goodness it's over. Obviously, you're very happy for the win, but you feel like, okay, let's let's go home. Now, that was a very long game. It has to take a physical and even a mental toll on them. I'm very interested to see what that's going to be for EKU, and I think that's a great point that you had there, Mike. All right, William, what do you got?
1: I want to take a look at a game that is, in a way, the most exciting somewhat because one of these teams is going to get their first win. Um you, Nobody wants to start the year 0-3. and So it's, it's early in the year, but it's kind of a desperation game when you look at Central Arkansas at Idaho State. Um, you know, UCA is staying on the road in game two or three-game road trip. But the Bears are 12-12 and 12 on the road over the past four seasons under Coach Brown. So this isn't a program afraid to go into another team's stadium, walk out with a W. Uh, reigning freshman of the year, Darius Hill, currently fourth in the eighth sun with 72.5 yards per game rushing. Uh, Logan Jessup and David Walker both have two sacks uh, piece this season, which has them at the top of the league leader. So um, UCA has been playing tough opponents uh, obviously last week. So, you know, they're, they're, they're trying to get things going. Um, Idaho state's coming off back-to-back matchups against FBS schools, So it could pose a tough test for the bears on the road. Both teams are averaging close to 300 yards of offense per game. Uh, UCA is more of a balanced attack. Idaho state's heavy on passing two games into the year. So, um, the Bears are really going to have to definitely need to uh, focus on slowing down uh, the Bengals through the air. And this is Idaho State's home opener, so I'm you know sure they're going to be fired up. The Bengals are looking for their first win against a non-conference FCS opponent since 2005. So they're looking to break a trend, and UCA is looking for their first win. So that could be a, a very
0: interesting game to, to take a look at on Saturday. UCA has had a brutal first two games. There's no doubt about that. There's no tougher schedule you could possibly have in the FCS than starting off with Missouri State, then going to Ole Miss and Oxford, Mississippi. Now now you're at Idaho State. Idaho State is a program that struggled. I'm going to be quite honest with you, but they are turning the coaching staff around. This team is building towards something. UCA needs to get on the board. This is a must win for them. And if they're able to do that, I mean, no one blames them for being 0-2 right now. You can't. They've played such incredible competition. You've got to get a get-right game. Get one on the board to give yourself some confidence. Idaho State, I think that's going to be that game for them. And now I'm going to move on to Jacksonville State at Tulsa to cap off our reviews of some of these games here in Week 3. These two teams couldn't be more opposite than they are. Tulsa, they're going to want to turn this game – into a track meet 391 passing yards per game. They put the ball in the air at an unprecedented rate compared to Jacksonville state Richard senior Davis Bren 782 yards this year, seven touchdowns, one pick on 84 passing attempts with more dropbacks than just 84. But they're also defensively not quite as sound as Jacksonville state either 392 yards on defense given up per game. So For Jacksonville State, in my opinion, to get a win against an FBS program, that's going to be a big-time game for Jacksonville State on the road in Oklahoma. Shorten this game. We know that they have one of the most potent rushing attacks with Zion Webb and Anwar Lewis. This is a team that loves to rush the ball, and they do it at a very successful rate. They're going to have plenty of opportunities to run the ball and, again, shorten this game take some possessions away from Tulsa and stay ahead of the chains. I'm talking four to six yards per carry every single time. It's something that I know that they can do Lewis with over 300 yards on the ground in the A sun this year. He's second in the A sun and rushing. They're going to keep that up guys. Okay. I think I'm going to make this a weekly thing. So my bold prediction week one didn't work out for you and a, Week two did work out, although not on the stat sheet officially. I had said Parker McKinney was going to go for over 350. I believe he ended up being at around 310 to 3:20. But with the overtime factoring in, he definitely he definitely got to where he needed to be. 350. I'm taking a win on that one. one for two. Now for Jacksonville State, I think they're going to have over 275 rushing yards in this game. That's a lot. And I'm, I'm, I'm taking that to the bank. I, I really think so. But in order for them to do that, Offensive line obviously has to battle up front. Everything about this game tells me Jacksonville State's going to be able to run as much as they want against Tulsa. What do you guys think?
2: Well, I think that's one of the matchups to watch. I don't know what you guys are looking at yet because we haven't compared notes. But just kind of what I've thought all along about Coach Rodriguez and his attack to any game plan as it starts up front. So going into Tulsa, traveling to Oklahoma, is he going to be able to do what he, he pretty much wants to do every game? That's established line of scrimmage on both sides of the ball but more in particularly on offense because when you're able to push the defense back and dictate how you want the pace of the game to go that's very much the first step towards dominating and pretty much making your opponent just give in so the offensive line game for jacksonville state's a big key to that outcome
1: yeah i agree i mean so far you know i haven't Seeing anybody be able to really just stop them and contain them from doing what they want to do as far as, you know, pushing people around. So, um, that's, that's a, that's a bold prediction with your, your number, but I'm not, I won't be surprised, um, if they're successful on the ground. And I think if they're successful on the ground, that, that just puts them ahead and gives them a great chance of going on the road and getting another win and remaining undefeated this year. And
0: this is also another strength versus strength. Now, I think you can factor a couple things into this one for Jacksonville State. We talked about the Tulsa passing attack. Jacksonville State allows 94.7 yards of offense per game. That's fifth in the nation. But you do kind of have to look at the other side of it. They did play Davidson, a triple option team. They don't throw the ball. Then you also look at Murray State. They did beat the breaks off Murray State, 34-3. to That's a very impressive win for a former conference foe. And then Stephen F. Austin, that game was cut short. So you're not able to put the ball in the air. And that stat might be a little skewed, but I think that that's also a, a big indicator that Jacksonville state is going to have their hands full. I think that secondary is going to be able to hold up. Don't want to give too much away on that. That will be somewhat a part of my game within the game later on. Okay. Mike, let's get to your standout stat this week. What do you got?
2: All right, so kind of looking at the standout staff of this week. We talked about this to begin the program. Our ASUN offense has continued to flex their muscles and show what they're all about to start the season so far. So I want to take a look at really what keeps those drives alive. and the standout staff of this week is first downs per game. So first downs, keep drive moving, score points offic- efficiently. And that's 21.75 on average, first downs per game for our ASUN teams through the first couple weeks. So all six of our teams, on average, have 21.75 first downs per game, ranging from 28.5 to 17 through our six teams that we have. Almost 22 first downs each time out on the field. That's an impressive stat. That's what keeps offenses on the field. That's what frustrates defenses on the other end. But here's one other thing. I got an additional standout stat nugget for you guys. This is new this week. For first downs. We got three A Sun teams in the top six in the nation in FCS in first downs overall, including Austin P and Jacksonville State, number one and two, respectively, in the country at first downs.
1: Who's the third? Don't 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 tease us like that.
2: <laughs> well, obviously that that uh third team from the A Sun that's ranked number six in the country is Eastern Kentucky. They have 57 first downs. Austin Peay leading the way in the nation at 81. Jacksonville State all the way back, 12 behind 69. What are they doing? So we got number one and number two in the country. Eastern Kentucky, 57 is number six. So look at that. Three teams in the top six in the country, and that is impressive.
0: Yeah, I mean, EKU being all the way down number six, I mean, that's just terrible. You can't allow that. I mean, I mean they got to be much better than that, right? Yeah, <laughs> I know you, you break yet
2: break records, but you can't even get in the
0: top five. I mean, come on. <laughs> well, I mean, that, that's an incredible stat because I mean, just the simpleton math here, you get 21 first downs, That's at least 210 yards of offense. And that's really what you're looking for if your defense can hold up. Obviously, they're getting much more than that. The offenses of the A-Sun have been blistering, dangerous. They've been toxic for defenses. They've been incredible to start off this season, whatever superlative you want to find, they have been that so far this year.
1: Offenses are offensive.
0: Put that on a (laughs) T-shirt. A sun game day on the back, on the front, quote, offenses are offensive. Apostrophe N, no G, obviously. No Uh, G. Offensing, you know, no one one uses the G. (laughs) Uh, That's completely useless. End quote, William Hall, with your signature. Print, yeah, yeah. printed signature. Those <laughs> things would fly off the shelves. I promise you,
1: it would. It would. And and, and that just reminds me, we got to get Ted to sign the bill. Oh,
0: yeah. Hold hold on, real quick. Uh, let's take a poll. How many of us have brought this up to Ted? I haven't. I haven't either. <laughs> he knows about
1: it though, because he watches this podcast. Yeah, he watches it.
2: Well, that's what I was going to say. You, you could have those T-shirts for sale and all the people can wear them with, with, with us when we're uh, doing the podcast. Because, you know, they're going to be looking to make sure you're wearing your T-shirt or not.
0: I mean, we've been talking about breaking records this entire time. We're breaking record as a podcast. We are the most watched podcast of only audio podcasts in the world. Amazing. Yeah. I mean, we're, I mean, we're breaking barriers as we speak speaking (laughs) of on the other side another week another ranked opponent find out on the other side what our a sun game of the week is coming up on a sun game day Welcome back to A-Sun Game Day, our game of the week. Teased it in the open. North Alabama at Chattanooga. Chattanooga ranked number 10 or number 9, depending on what poll you look at, in the FCS. I cannot wait to watch this one, guys. North Alabama, a team on the rise. Mentioned them many times on this podcast. But Chattanooga, one of the best programs year in and year out in the FCS level. I can't wait to watch this one. What about you guys?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think this is going to be exciting for UNA. Um, they're no strangers to playing ranked teams. This is their 10th game against a ranked opponent since they decided to move the D1 themselves in 2018. They're looking for their first ranked win, but now that they've completed that transition to Division One, what better weekend for the upset than right now?
2: Well, what kind of game is Powell going to have? Is he going to continue his offensive momentum and as the running back that could be putting himself at the forefront of the players in the conference running. So I, I'm interested to see what that running game does against Chattanooga. They've historically had a good team. Obviously, they're in the top 10. So it's it's going to be a really interesting matchup. Hopefully, A-Sun can
0: come out on top. We'll see what happens. There's a lot of factors that play into this game that make this game interesting, guys. One, you already hinted at it there, Mike. Shenderek Powell, we've mentioned him a couple of times as well. It's another strength versus strength, much like I was talking about Jacksonville State. Powell leading the A's son in rushing 331 yards, five touchdowns. Again, that 75-yard run. He has the breakaway speed. But the Mocs stopped the run at an impressive rate. Only allowed 87 rushing yards per game. So it's going to be the offensive line is going to be the difference against the defensive line for Chattanooga. If They can start moving bodies, a man against his will, Get Shenderek Powell some lanes to run through. That's going to be huge for UNA. Also, again, the human factor, much like the EKU game, it's a three-hour drive from Florence to Chattanooga. The fans for UNA, if you know anything about UNA fans, they're among the best you'll see As in the FCS. They're incredible. Their fans are going to travel to this game. You look at the conference in the SOCON that Chattanooga plays in, Lays over the same land here in the A-Sun. Again, fans are going to travel. It's going to be a mix of emotions, a mix of fans in that crowd. Terrell Owens is going to be at that, or Terrell Owens. He hates being called Terrell. Oh, let me let me rephrase. Terrell Owens is going to be at that game. Is the homecoming for the Mocs. There's a lot on the line. UNA, if they get a win like this, changes the program for this season. I cannot wait to watch it. I think UNA has some hidden aces up their sleeves and Derek Powell is going to have a great game
1: yeah and they've got those aces it's time to play them and and they've got to start quick quicker than they did last week they've got to avoid falling behind early to Chattanooga Uh, this team's averaging over 400 yards in the first two games only allowing 20 points which is you know so they 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 can't have a slow start they got to come out the gate firing and just
0: take it to them as early and often and if you want to look at last year's result, it didn't go UNA's way. They did play just last season. Chattanooga won 20 to nothing. But I think that's also a little misleading because that game was pretty much over at halftime because the mocks went into the locker room with a 17 to nothing lead. And they held, I'll give them the the mocks credit on defense. They held UNA to under 100 yards of offense. That's incredible. That That's something that doesn't happen too often. But UNA was knocking on the door in the first half threw a pick. Then they also had a pick six, led to a 17, nothing score. At that point, they just weren't able to claw back into that one. Another star player to keep an eye on, Islam Ford, 243 yards, four touchdowns. He averages 117 yards per game The running back for Chattanooga. Which running back is going to have more yards? I think whoever does that is going to win this game. Ford versus Powell. That might be the matchup to watch in this one. Well, one of the interesting things with those two running backs going
2: against each other, I wonder if the focuses on those two guys almost might change the game plan for one of these teams. Because if people are up on the line of scrimmage forcing you to do other things besides run the football, that could be a turning point for one of these teams because both of these running backs, as we said, are very good at what they do. So that could change the game plan for one of these teams unless you're an old school mentality. And you're just going to pound the rock no matter what, two yards at a time. But potentially, there could be some point
0: in this game, there could be an opportunity for the passing game to really show its head. And that's a little game within the game within the game. I mean, that's almost reverse psychology. You have two incredible backs that, okay, they're not going to expect us to throw it. Let's air it out. I love that. I think that's exactly (laughs) what's going to happen now. You've talked me into it. Yeah, that's what's happening. Both teams are throwing for 600 yards. Yep. <laughs> Here you go. <laughs> another ball prediction. No, I, I can't have another ball prediction for UNA for a while, but I do think that this is going to be a competitive game. Listen, coming into this game, it, it's no secret. Ranked opponent, Chattanooga, year in and year out, one of the better teams in this level. People are going to count the Lions out. They're not going to give them a shot. The Lions know that. They're going to come to this game juiced and ready to play. Cannot wait to watch it. North Alabama at Chattanooga, a 6 p.m. kick. Make sure to tune in for that one. All right. Game within the game. Within the game. No, let's go just game within the game. I'll start off with William. What do you have for us this week?
1: The one I had in mind, I think Mike mentioned it earlier, actually, and it's just uh, the EKU after the seven overtime game on the road. FBS win. How do you come out? this week, you know, where, where do you have that energy? um this long game, kind of high, kind of emotional. Can you carry that on and, and not come out flat this week and just, just keep things going? So that's, that's my game within the game. How EKU starts the game Saturday. Well, what's
2: funny is ironically, we don't compare notes here on the show and we don't copy off each other's tests, but uh do we exactly, it's exactly what I was going to say with Eastern Kentucky. so, to back with the same thing here we're gonna we're gonna adapt here at the ASUN game day podcast and do what we do best and that's talk about anything and everything and I'm gonna pivot and go back to what we just talked about a little bit ago with Jacksonville State going to Tulsa are they going to be able to establish that running game offensive defensive lines and we'll really just see what happens in that matchup because you know Jacksonville State wants to run the ball Tulsa wants to stop it so we'll see what that matchup Within that contest has to do with everything.
1: Jordan, what do you have?
2: <laughs> Man, I thought I was <laughs> froze. You trying y'all mess it up, and I'm like, I'm I am like i i do not know what to do. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's just funny because I literally ha- had no idea that, that was yours, and I believe no. that you
0: had no idea that was his. But he actually wrote his in the in the in the play. All right, all right. so so just so all the all the watchers know of this podcast. We don't review notes, but I'm the only one that puts my notes in the agenda that we actually go off of. We have this whole layout that we go off of. <laughs> and of course, Mike picked my game, whatever, whatever, because mine, mine's a little different. So my, mine is still the Jacksonville State versus Tulsa game. But on the other side of the football, the players to watch in this one for Jacksonville State, Jeremiah Harris and Deco Wilson, both safeties for Jacksonville State. We'll see what the snap count is at the end of the day for both of those guys. Deco Wilson with that huge interception against Stephen F. Austin versus the air attack of Tulsa. Mentioned it earlier. Tulsa is one of the best passing teams in the nation. Seven touchdowns for Davis-Brenda quarterback. Almost 800 yards. Only one pick. Another bold prediction. I'm making two. He's going to throw at least one pick against Jacksonville State. And that's going to be the game-changing interception. I think it's going to be late. I think it's going to be much needed for Jacksonville State. It's going to flip the game on its head. And that's what's going to give the game Cox a win. He's going to get at least his second interception, maybe even more. And I'm throwing bold predictions out left and right. I think Jacksonville State wins this game. I think a big defensive play from one of those two names pops up at the end. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I was really there. But well, it's hard for me to find transition into preview. All right, guys. We've come to this part of the podcast again every week. We're done talking about football. Football is going to happen here today. Let's just watch it. But before we do that, let's hear about the ASUN preview. What's going on around the ASUN, William?
1: Well, right now we're deep in the – I would say deep. We're two weeks into the conference play for men's soccer. Women's soccer conference play just started yesterday. Had uh, three draws, one win. So uh, we're getting there as far as women's soccer. But the excitement is coming because it's, it's, it's conference. All the games – all the all the games matter. It's what we're here for. Volleyball has one more week of non-conference play going on, and then they're also going to join the fun with conference play next week. So, and it's here. It's the fall. We got you know cross country running, golf playing. It's the fall. It's the fall. I mean, it's 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 here. So football is going, but all of our other sports are, are, are really tearing it up. You know, we got Lipscomb nationally ranked right now for men's soccer. So it's exciting times for the A Sun.
0: Well, I gave a shout out to. To Jacksonville State again last week. I'm going to do it again. Getting on NCAA volleyball with an incredible rally, one that lasted, I believe, the video is almost a minute and a half long, and it, it was absolutely incredible. I think there's a lot of undefeated teams still in the a Jacksonville State volleyball being one of them. But hey, you, you're talking about those draws and a win, no losses in that, huh? No, hey. I, yeah,
1: no losses, no, no losses. losses. I mean, we're here, and, and they're only. Uh, a handful, I honestly, should have done better. done my research and, and got the the number. There's only a handful of undefeated volleyball teams in the nation right now, and one of them is Jacksonville State.
0: That's right. Always great to hear. Now, guys, it's it's time trivia time. I'm still scoreless, but I, I can't wait to see what you guys are are able to pull off this week. Got a brand new one uh, last week. The triangles proved proved to be successful for uh for who who went with the triangles. I always forget. I lost. One of you guys. <laughs> that's but a great I'm, way of putting it. <laughs> I started off and
1: right, well, I lost two in a row. So of course I remember.
0: There you go. That, that's exactly right. On on a bit of a drought, but not as bad as I'm in. Again, still scoreless. William with two points. Is that correct? Yeah, I'm two to one. Two a, a commanding two to one lead over Mike. All right, guys, are you ready for our trivia? Let's go. Oh, yeah. Would like a little more excitement next time, just for future reference. But that's okay. That's all right. We'll, we'll, we'll move on to it anyway. All right. The trivia for this week. In Europe, put a pillow on top of your fridge day signifies what? A, fasting for three days. B, paying respect to their country's military veterans. Or C, good luck and wealth for the household. Now, I, I wanted to call it national, put a pillow on your fridge day, but it's not national. It's just Euro, It's just European. So I don't know if that technically counts as national for us, but. So the entire
2: a graphic that would be if we if we ever celebrated that and we made a graphic <sighs> for
0: put a pillow on your fridge day.
1: On top of it.
0: Yeah. So it's in, in Europe, put a pillow on top of your fridge day signifies what? You need, do you, would you like to hear the options again? They're they're kind of they're all kind of wild in, in their own way. A fasting for three days, B paying respect to their country's military veterans, or C, good good luck and wealth for the household.
1: The person who comes in uh checking for pillows, does he also have a <laughs> does he also have a guinea pig endorsement on his license?
0: pulls out the, the double broad swords. yeah he's, i mean i'm checking for both pillows yeah. and guinea pigs any thoughts any any random thoughts that come through your head right now
1: i have a random thought and i'm just gonna like connect weird dots and get to my answer all these dots are weird man go for it yeah yeah but you know <laughs> when you when you uh this is where I'm going. Okay. Don't be logical,
2: because that—that's—that's. That's it's not logical at
1: all. It's—it's it's, it's got a lot of fiction in it, but I'm—I'm I'm going with it. You know, when you when you lose a tooth, you, you put your tooth under the pillow for the tooth fairy, and you get money. Well. Okay. <laughs> I'm going with good luck for the household with the pillow
0: on top of the. I fridge. like it. I like it. That's that's. Uh, I'm, I'm stringing it together like that. That's like. I will say of a very illogical question there that's actually pretty good logic for for a guess. <laughs> so uh, that's 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 pretty good. What do you got Mike?
2: Well, I've been trying to also weed out the answers through logic as well and it kind of bit me last week looking at this put a pillow on your fridge day fasting for 3 days doesn't make sense cuz it's it's just one day.
1: So I that think That's hey, good uh, logic. That's good logic.
2: I think A is out. I really did, really did see good luck for the wealth of the household as a potential answer. But I, I really need to catch up. I really, really need to tie the score. So I'm going to say, for this one day, putting Bill on your fridge signifies paying respect to the military.
1: It sounds, it sounds good. That's a good thing to do. <laughs> but it also sounds like so ridiculous. <laughs>
2: But the ridiculous answers are what is winning right now. And I think it, that's what it is. I think it's B, paying <laughs> respect to their country's military veterans.
0: I love the mind games that I'm playing with this game because you guys don't want to guess something that sounds so stupid and look like an idiot. because it. it but it could be right, but it could be absolutely nothing. And I think that's that's funny. You guys want to avoid that? Um, all right. Let's lock them in. These are our final answers, gentlemen. Yeah.
1: I'm final. I'm going with the tooth fairy. Okay, (laughs) The tooth fairy.
0: Well, William, check under your pillow because you have a correct answer, man. You are right. Mike, yeah, you should have went with what your gut told you, my friend. (laughs) Good luck and wealth for the household is the correct answer. I knew it. (laughs) See, now, I, I definitely bit myself with that one because I just came up with these too quick. I probably should have put a little more thought into it with fasting for three days. I, it should have just been one because that's a good, that's actually good logic. A, that
1: was a good catch. I that's didn't even good, think about yeah. that, but that was a good you. I'm sorry.
0: I did that. Don't, don't, don't remember. I
2: said that I'm not that, not that guy. And the
0: re <laughs> the reason I thought that might make sense is you, you put the pillow on top of a fridge to, to signify the fridge is, is resting. So that you don't eat fasting, that's, you know, you somewhat, a kind of there. You just- and then paying respect to countries military veterans that was kind of like listen there's there have been a lot of wars historically in europe there's been a lot of countries there that have been war. maybe there's guys that sleep in uncomfortable places like on top of a fridge so that's the only the only thing i could think of and uh it's good enough to fool mike and just to put it out there
2: we, we love our military veterans and
0: everything they do all around the world
2: so i only picked that just to try to catch up in in the race that we're running here for the belt so no disrespect at all to our military veterans with that answer but i was just trying to get that second second tally and keep jordan in the gutter but
0: william did it for me yeah i mean there is (laughs) there is no chance i catch up here only if i add four but I, i think the three is working i'll just i'll just pretty much forfeit the belt i'm pretty much out of the race but i'm having fun here guys that's what's what's about. That's yeah. what it's, it's all. That's what it's all about. It, because it's like you, when
1: I, I mean, we already established you're an optimist. So I'm an optimist. Yeah.
2: The yeah, funny, that funny correlation that we have right here is you said follow follow my gut instinct. We're talking about a refrigerator. I like to eat. I should have picked <laughs> C. So, man, what a mistake! I should have been tied. But good job, boy. <laughs> Hey guys, and also real quick before we wrap up, today's Thursday, we're recording this on Thursday, play not Saturday, my firstborn son, Benjamin Devader's two years old on the 16th, so happy birthday, son, love you very much, I hope you had a great birthday, I know what you're getting, so hopefully you liked it, but I wanted to give him a shout out because he's two years old, I can't believe it, it's a great day, so happy birthday, Ben. Is that a future
0: Chiefs fan as well? He's already got chief stuff. What are you talking about? I already got you. Hey, okay. Hey, don't, <laughs> don't come with me. Don't come at me like that, Mike. Yeah, he was afraid about it. I just, I, I just, I just for... clapped for that. I just gave your son some. So. You know what, Mike? Again, hey, we're not.
2: No, no, no. We're not doing this because <laughs> the secret's out now. Everybody in the office found out. There's multiple Kansas people that work for the Sun. So the other Kansas City Chiefs fan that's from Kansas was hiding in the weeds, but. Yep. Jerome found out about it. Now
0: we got two Chiefs fans celebrating a victory, and hey, we're 2-0, Chargers are not, so life is good. Well, celebrating the victory, celebrating a birthday today. That's a great time to wrap it up here on the A-Sun game day. Five teams in action here today. Make sure to tune in to all of those. Cannot wait to see what happens. We will see you guys next week. Peace.